From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. For this afternoon here on SENZ with Stephen McIver and for Staffy, Gloria Laura Brannigan, the late Laura Brannigan too. I couldn't believe that when I read that. It's quite a long time ago, but it is. It's it's a nice it's a nice Thursday song, but nicer even to talk to my good mate Tony Johnson. Hey TJ, Stephen, how are you? I oh, I'm good, mate. How are you? How's the family? Oh, everything's great, thanks, uh, mate. Yeah, um, glad that the teachers' strikes oh, over. Isn't that doing um, your head in? Not, not that I, not that I didn't support the, uh, you know, I, I think fundamentally, I think uh, teachers and nurses, I, I'll support them every time because, uh, but yeah, it was getting to be a bit of a worry. But no, no, we're all back to normal and uh, looking forward to Saturday night. Been a big week, you know, the, all the fallout from the All Black selection. But yeah. looking forward to uh, a, a final in Hamilton. Uh, you know, this is something that I, I think's got everyone excited. Well, it's not a big, it's not a big cow shed, but it's a, it's a good cow shed, and it's, a, it's a nice It'll little be a full uh, cow shed. A, a pardon? It'll be a full cow. It'll shed. It'll be a full cow shed. There'll be lots of mooing going on, but it's. I love the, the one thing about that place. It's what, what you understand for, as for, as a broadcaster. Boutique atmosphere is going off. It could be an eighty thousand seater because you wouldn't know. Well, I, I love working there. I, I think. From my own point of view, uh, I think it's the best purpose-built rugby stadium in New Zealand at the moment. Um, I, you know, do love uh, Dunedin, um, and that that's fantastic. I, I guess when um, it's, it's full for a test match and you've got a great atmosphere there, there's nothing like it. Um, it's not such a good vantage point, just from a selfish point of view. Um, <laughs> but no, to me, Hamilton is it's it's what they've done there at FMG. Um, and you think about the quality of game that we had last week, despite the weather. That that tells you that all the effort that they've put into making that pitch, it's a, it's a perfect pitch that they've got there. So hopefully the weather will be good um, this week. I know, it, you know we're in the, in the depths of the winter um, but it'd be really nice if the, if the weather behaved itself because I think what we've got here is something quite colossal. Yeah, let's let's talk about that and then we'll just touch on the, the All Black Faller a little bit first. Um, Damien McKenzie Player of the Year? Yep. Player of the Year across Super Rugby? Uh, well, <laughs> um, he's certainly a contender. I mean, that, it, that is a quite a discussion, that one, because it depends what you're looking for. Because I, I think he's got, uh, there's another contender in the, in the team for Super Rugby Player of the Year, and that's, that's Sean Stevenson, who's probably been the, one of the hottest topics mm-hmm. in rugby this week. Um, 
Akilia, uh, apart from a couple of defensive lapses last week, he's been shooting the lights out with his attacking play. Billy Harmon in a beaten team has been incredible. So, yeah, that's 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 quite a discussion all of its own. But what what I really like about Damien McKenzie, or what I really liked about his performance last week, Stephen, is that we saw uh, him perhaps reigning in a lot of his. Uh, instincts to to run the ball, uh, to, to you know the crazy runs across field, all those sorts of things. He seems to have harnessed all of that, and for the most part of the game, he was prepared to bide his time, uh, to do his job, to you know to be a central part of a, a very effective kicking game, and then wait for the moment. And the moment came, and it didn't come until about three minutes before the end. And he made that brilliant run. And then somehow found himself found himself in position to, to to grab an offload from a speculative offload from Sean Stevenson, carry it on, and it all ended up with Brody Retallick scoring a try. So to to me, it's just the way he's almost reined in his instincts, and he'll have to do it again in the final because the Crusaders, I guess, will be hoping for him to try and and you know start doing the the, the crossfield runs or or whatever um, buzzing about. Um, because if, if he does that, then there's a chance that either he'll, he or the person he ended up passing the ball to will get nailed. <laughs> so, yeah, key man in the final. And, and a guy who's um, probably um, brought himself a lot more into the all-black frame in terms of you know the, the, the top 23 than he w- would have been at the start of the season. Do you put that down, that, that shall we say, patience down to Clayton McMillan? I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, he, he, but he's he's got a good team around him, Clayton McMillan, and they'll all be having a word. But I think there's probably a maturing as well. But you, you have to like the way that this coaching staff under Clayton McMillan have harnessed a lot of the talent that they've got. And I mean, Stevenson's another example, a, a guy who in the past would do two brilliant things and then something not so brilliant. Well, the not so brilliant stuff's pretty much disappeared this year. Um, but the brilliant stuff is still there. And again, last week wasn't a game for him, uh, wasn't a game for the kind of running game that they like to play, but he still managed to get in there. A, a, a crucial hand in the lead-up to that try, his kicking game was important. I think what he's done, Clayton McMillan, is that, you know he's, he's taught these guys to play in a structure but without relinquishing the, the things that, that make them, you know, outstanding players. That's, that's a, that's just, a re- just, just a more measured approach. That's a, really, that's a really good point. But the question, I suppose, why wasn't he selected? Do you, do, were, you, sure, were, you slightly, yeah, were you slightly gobsmacked? Uh, I was surprised, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't, not only that, I didn't quite buy the explanation either. Uh, Stephen, uh, you know that a couple of defensive things. I mean, I'd love to know what they are <laughs> because if you're if you're marking players' cards on on terms of defensive lapses, then I could think of a couple of players from the Blues who who, who wouldn't you know be in in, in the reckoning. Um, so I, I I didn't quite buy. I think the problem they've really got is they have got too many options. Yeah. You've got um, the old three into two or three into one won't go, and you've got in that you've got Moonga, you've got Barrett. Uh, that's um, Bowden Barrett, and you've got Damian McKenzie, who can all play 10, all play 15. You've got Jordan, who's uh, also, you know, is an outstanding 15. You've got Geordie Barrett, is he a 15, is he a 12? And I think they're trying to kind of sort out that almost, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, really. 
and when they put all the pieces in place, there just wasn't. Uh, there was one jigsaw, you know, piece left, yeah. out, you know, outside it, and that was Sean Stevenson. Yeah, but to me, um, I, I think there's probably uh, one or two blokes, you know, who probably uh, a little bit lucky to be there, and he's desperately unlucky. The only thing I'd say, he's only one injury away from making the team, and and it's up to him now. Uh, rather than go out there with a chip on his shoulder, I don't think that works uh, for him. Um, but if he, he can go out there and have a really good final, and if he if, and as I say, I think he probably will get a chance in, in the black jersey sometime over the next few weeks, just, you know, make an, uh, an unbeatable case uh, for, for him to be in the team to go off to France. There is one player in the Chiefs that constantly amazes me, that big old lumbering Brody Retallick. I, I don't know what it is about him. He has, he's got genes of a, a 21-year-old, but the way he continues to perform uh, actually amazes me. Yeah, um, he's just got a, a massive engine is what he's got. I mean, he's certainly got a really good skill set as well, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. I mean, it was always a characteristic of his. He was the guy that knew when to stand off a ruck or when to go and either blow blow the ruck away, um, make make you know turn it into matchwood, or 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 go for the um, the turnover. He, he's got really good sort of um, game instincts, if you if you like. But it, the biggest thing is he's just got this incredible engine um he's like a a, 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 a v8 um he just goes and goes and goes what is fascinating now is i've just seen the crusaders team which has just been named and uh wearing the number five jersey for the final will be sam whitelock so he's had that niggly achilles i hope they're not taking any risks with that um, because achilles injuries can be notorious so i don't think they'd be playing him unless he was a hundred and so the fact that Scott Barrett and Sam Whitelock are back together—that's um, a sort of, that's a breaking story. That that's uh, to me uh, that that that's hugely significant when you're looking at um, you know what what could happen on Saturday night. Having said that, as I say, Retallick on the other side, and it's always a great clash uh, when Barrett and Whitelock line up against Retallick, and I'm not sure who um, his locking partner will be. I haven't seen a Chiefs team yet. Uh, can't be far away, but that'll be you know right at the the heart of the the, the battle up front, which is going to be so um, important in deciding the outcome. With the inclusion of Sam Whitelock now, does that swing the game in your mind back in favour of the Crusaders? It certainly swings the pendulum back in their direction. Whether it's ultimately in favour of the Crusaders, uh, I, I don't know. I, to me, this one's too tough to call. But put it this way. Uh, if I'm weighing up all the factors, you know, in deciding who I think is going to win this game, the fact that Sam Whitelock is playing certainly, as I say, sends the needle back towards the Crusaders. In, wow. in, in my opinion, they've still got a lot of talent missing. Uh, you know, that, but they're in the final, got... Tony. That's what I can't get over. We've been saying that all season. They're not the same Crusaders. They go and put 50, 50 on the Blues, and they're back in a final. And they haven't every finals match that Scott. Robertson has coached, he's won 15 games. Yeah. 15 finals, yeah. should I say. Um, playoff but, but matches, playoffs. Is, yeah, it, you look at the um, the people who are missing, uh, you know, particularly you take out guys like, like Blackadder, Moody, Harvey, you're taking out three very influential All Blacks there, but it, it doesn't seem to matter. And that, again, that is just uh, a testimony to what they've got 
in, in Christchurch, just the environment in which they're able, you know, they always recruit well, but they develop players really well too. And just having a look at the bench, I see uh, Dominic Gardner, uh, he comes back into the mix. I mean, that, that's, that's a really good player to bring off the bench. Uh, George Bell back on the bench. You know, there's, the depth um, is, is huge. I mean, I don't think anyone would have thought they would have played their way through the back end of the season and into the final with a loose forward trio of uh, Christy, Leo Willie and um, Avili Talitua, that that probably, you know, Christy, yes, but the other two, not so. So I, I just, you know, those guys, when they got the opportunity, they've just stood up. So, yep, I, look, um, to, to me, it, it's a tight one. It's really hard to call. I just hope we have a, a, a great final, and I, I think we will. You know, the place is sold out. Um, there's some real uh, bite in the games between these two teams now. The one thing I would say, the Chiefs are at home. They play well at home. They have beaten every other team, uh, including the Reds, the only team that they slipped up against. Um, and, and their record against the Crusaders, well, it's it's pretty good, isn't it? So um, to, to me, I think slight advantage to the Chiefs, um, but... I think, especially with Whitelock coming back. And just the form, they, they do it every time, don't they, Stephen? Mm-hmm. At some point in the season, towards the end of the season, they make a statement and they just <laughs> put a mark down and say, uh, remember us. You know, they kicked it up two or three notches. If they can play at that same velocity with the same accuracy this week, then, yeah, but boy, it's going to be very hard for them to do that against a, the, the Chiefs team. I would like to end on a positive uh, but it's not going to feel like a positive for you because you've called so many Blues games. But why? What went wrong this year? Briefly, what, when you when you sat back down after that that semi final and went, hmm, what was the overriding impression of their season for you? Um, well, up until that point, I think you could probably say that it had been a successful season. You know that they'd made their way into the into the last four with a chance to get into the final, maybe go one further. And so, you know, up to that point, you know, you could say that, yep, tick the boxes. But uh, when it really counted, I just don't know whether there's a team in the world, um, you know, below test level. And I think a whole lot of test teams as well could have coped with the Crusaders last week. As I say, to me, it was a masterclass in their tactical approach, which was all about, it was simple, but it was incredibly efficient and accurate. But it was just the velocity of the way they executed everything. Um, the, you know, the accuracy at the breakdown, the accuracy of their passing moves. It was nothing flash, but it was still incredible. And I think it faced with that, the Blues just couldn't go with it. I think some of their decision-making, yep, let them down. And I don't mean just the captain or the coach. I, I just mean across the board, um, players made bad decisions on defence, rash decisions, either rushing up out of the line or wingers biting in or whatever it was. Um, and some of the handling, uh, particularly early on, uh, partic- you know, the, the game's so based around the need, you know, getting go-forward ball through their big forward pack. But when their big, one or two of their big forwards decide to wear boxing gloves out onto the game um, so they can't catch the ball. I mean, that, that's, that, that's going to let them down. So a really disappointing end for them for a season that, you know, I, I think you'd say that, you know, for, for 90% of the season, pretty good. Uh, but then at the end, very much could have done a lot better. Just when it mattered. TJ, always a pleasure. Have a cracking weekend, buddy.
All right, mate. Cheers, Stephen. There you go. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport, one of the best, if not the best rugby caller going around. It's 2.19.